What up, what up, everybody? Just starting out from Live My Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of The Fearless Show. It has definitely been a minute since we did one of these, but with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Reese Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. It is The Fearless Show. I know it's been a minute, but we're glad to be back, chopping it up about some good topics and the latest news. Welcome. Yeah. Um, so, if you guys are keeping up, we definitely have stuck a little bit more to our Music Files podcast, and I haven't hit the fearless show in a while, but like you said, we're back. We're talking about a lot of stuff, especially movie-related today, so uh, if you're, yeah. so stay tuned. I think we got some good ones coming up, uh, but before, oh, we, yeah. before we hit all of that, I just want to run through a couple of the news items that have happened over the past couple of weeks that we have not talked about. Um, I don't know if I want to start with that one, though, so let's start with... Yeah, let's start with that one. Okay. Um, so, have you been keeping up with this whole Roseanne mess? Uh, there's more Roseanne mess? I just know Roseanne's super messy, and she's pretty much canceled, but I don't know. Is she doing more shit? She is canceled, um, but they did relaunch it as just the Connors. Oh. <laughs> and they killed her off. Recently, where I think the last episode, and they killed her off and uh, has a opioid overdose. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like like an off-screen opioid overdose. Yeah, weird. And she just tweeted like a few days ago that I'm not, I'm not dead, I'm not dead, bitch. Basically, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Roseanne. <laughs> We're definitely not Roseanne on Roseanne's show. <laughs> That's crazy. So, I mean, did you used to watch Roseanne when it was on I, way I back mean, in the day? Honestly, I watched at least like a season or two. It was on cable and like, um, what's his name? John Goodman? John Goodman. Goodman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like him. He's cool. Yeah, he's a great actor. So, I kind of watched it because he was cool. But... I don't. I didn't watch it religiously. I didn't definitely didn't check in like all the seasons and stuff like that. So, but I know enough about it to like know like you know, the the whole family structure and like the the aunt, like her sister and whatever, all that stuff. But. So I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I definitely watched my fair share of episodes. So I kind of got a feel of what the show was about way back when it came out. You know, in the early nineties. I thought it was generally pretty funny. Not like the funniest show, but it was pretty funny. But since it's reboot, it's actually been really, really popular with people. Um, particularly the more conservative crowd. Yeah. And if y'all don't know, she got canceled because she tweeted something that was... I mean, you could say racist. I don't know if I would... If I would personally call it full blown racist, but it was just something that was just she just tweeted some dumb shit, and she had been tweeting dumb shit, but she had been tweeting dumb shit for years before this, so that's why yeah. that's why I was a little confused why people were so like yeah. up in arms about it, considering like this is her who she's record. always been. Yeah, I was like, oh, they actually gave her a show after the stuff she did, <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, and then something happened, and everybody was like, oh my god, and I was like, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> that's what I was saying. I thought I thought that's what they wanted on television. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, isn't this what she's been doing this entire time? So I'm, I wasn't entirely sure what the big like explosion was about this recent one. Like, I kind of get it, like why people be upset, but at the same time, it's like, well, she has been doing this. Like, and they, oh, y'all didn't know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I'm like, how did that? I don't know if the fans are the ones that wanted it canceled. I think it was people that don't watch the show that were like, yeah, I think. So, I, so I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think like there's this new like kind of outrage thing where everything is like, well, let's just erase them out of existence for every little thing? Do you feel like this was warranted that she get her basically show snatched from her or? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's all about the cleanup, really. I think it's about... Because I feel like, yeah, cancel them entirely until they, like, publicly address the questions that everyone has. Or, like, you know, make amends in some sort of, like, press cleanup. You gotta clean it up. Well, her... Clean up your image. Her, her cleanup tour... Rock, her cleanup tour has been, has been messy as fuck. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, so she doesn't care. So she care. she went from remorseful to not remorseful to you know like oh, I don't I'm the victim now like and I don't know if you watched the Joe Rogan podcast but I do and she was recently on there and, and I couldn't even watch it oh, I didn't see that one couldn't even watch I it it was just like I don't know if that's why I watched the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> well he's been a pretty vocal supporter not necessarily supporter but like. He's basically been making excuses for her, saying, "Oh, she's on Ambien and she has mental problems." Oh man. Okay, well, okay. a lot of people do, and they don't just tweet that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so the issue is clearly deeper than just blaming on some fucking Ambien and having mental problems. Right. But it, I mean, it's just weird considering, especially who she was when she was first like blowing up. She was like this huge feminist leader, yeah, like yeah, for right. forerunner and like. I she's, mean, she's a strong woman who lit, had. She was the lead in her own show. That's like a big deal. Huge so, deal. So I'm not. I'm, so I don't know how I feel. Like I'm not entirely like, like getting her all the way on this. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Like because at the Honestly, same time, I like, don't think she did anything like damning. Like like we're treating her like like it's me too. Like yeah, she like physically did something to somebody. Right. Like we're treating her like. Like a, a like a vicious person, you know. Like she's she's she thinks probably some vicious things, but for sure, and and has said some things that might you know sound vicious, but she she hasn't like actually. She said a lot. I mean, it's not a, it's not gonna be a popular opinion, but this is just how I feel. Like she said a lot of dumb shit. Clearly, um, yeah. So she'd be held accountable for some of the dumb shit she said for sure. Should a whole show have been canceled and then? kind of rebooted because of said shit considering the years and years of history of her saying dumb shit over and over and over again and you still gave her the show and it's like okay now we're gonna get mad and like take it away like and then at the same time it's like all these people are calling for her to have her shit taken away it's like people who didn't even watch the show in the first place so right if you're not even watching the show, how does that really, really affect you? They're just trying to block the bag, you know? It's just like, it's like when politicians, it's like if if a country does something crazy, we put sanctions on them, you know? 
okay. I just don't believe that trying to shame somebody out of existence is ever going to work in solving the bigger issues that people are trying to solve. Yeah. Well, true. Um, but at the same time... It I just mean, causes more pushback, I think, eventually. Which yeah, is, I think, what we're seeing time, right now. If that person, like Roseanne, would continue, obviously, doing and saying the dumb shit, this is a way to take it out of the spotlight, or the platform, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's become enough of a nuisance to need to be off a platform. So I kind of... I, I mean, I, I, I could see the merits of removing her platform of reaching people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think this is necessarily the best way of doing it. Um, because mm-hmm. it's not like she doesn't exist in real life still. Like, it's not like she still yeah. not, doesn't have all this falling in. And the way they did it so abruptly and without even having any sort of type of discussion about it is kind of like, mm-hmm. where's the lesson in this? Basically, it's just like, oh, you can't yeah. say what we, what we find subjectively bad. Or you yeah, really, yeah. But then that just causes that just causes way more backlash, I think, from the other side than it would like any type of growing from the situation. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I, it it was just mishandled. It was handled too quickly. And and it's not just Roseanne to me. I just feel like it's kind of a lot of of these situations popping up that I think are just. People are so quick to just be like, take everything they're doing, take all this, da da da. Like, okay, but mm-hmm. if you keep doing this, eventually the pushback is gonna be so much stronger, and then the, then there's no growing from what you guys want, like the direction to be. Like, there's no lessons in that. It's just like mm-hmm. these people are going against all everything we like, just anything that they don't feel comfortable with, basically. Like, yeah. But yeah, so just what's the reason? You know, pampering, like yeah. every, pampering the audience. Like, they call oh, it the yeah. outrage culture, and mm. and I can see where they are coming from. But at the same time, I think it's been getting a little overboard. Yeah, I can see that. It's definitely a lot of reactionary, super reactionary. You know stuff even with like the Kanye Across shit the which board. I'm not gonna even talk about but just you like yeah. the Kanye shit I just feel like it's everything's just so reaction yeah. based is that it's like you losing the point of even right. the reaction people are reacting to your reaction not to like even what the point you're trying to say like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I feel but you guys let us know what you feel about this whole Roseanne's situation, if you think that she should have been completely just shunned out of, tried to be shunned out of existence and and if you think that this is the right way of handling situations like this. I think no, but, you know, that's me. Yeah, you guys weigh in in the comments. <clears throat> so... I don't know if you've seen, there's a new uh, live-action Aladdin movie I heard about that. Out. Yeah, and they just I haven't released, seen like a trailer or anything. They didn't release the official trailer, they just re- released a teaser. Oh, okay. Was it looked up? I mean, there's really not much to see. You see kind of Iagu 
you can tell it's Iagi like flying, and then you can kind of see Jafar, but not really, just like the silhouette. And then you see like the cave, I forget the name of it, that he first goes into with the lion mouth and shit. Oh, the Cave of Wonders? <laughs> yes. And you hear the song, um, what's the genie song? Um, a friend, a friend like me, or some, something like this. Like, oh yeah, a friend like me. Yeah, and I like, kind of, I was just remembering Robin Williams do it. Like, but okay, I'm pretty sure it's friend like well, me. And like they're playing it in you know that more darker, serious, slowed down version, like they've done with all their uh, live action stuff. Right. So I mean, when you hear that tune, it's a little like nostalgia inducing for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you finally get like a close up of like the lamp and and Aladdin, but you don't actually get to see like Genie, who is being played by Will Smith. Oh swag! Wow, interesting. Is that good well, casting? I mean, this. I'm gonna watch it just because Will Smith is in it, and Aladdin's like one of my top three favorite Disney movies of all time. Yeah, but that's a tough <laughs> role. That's a tough. That's a tough role to fill right there. Oh, oh yeah, that's big shoes to fill. I don't know if, like, immediately I was like, is Will funny enough? Is Will, like, quick enough? I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, I think the only way to do it is to be, like, vastly different. Not vastly, but pretty different from, if he tries to do, like, a Will Smith version of, like, Rob Williams, Jenny, I don't think it's going to work. Nah. Yeah, hopefully it's just, its own contains type of genie. I mean, because if you think about it, like, out of all the Disney movies, like, Lion King's my favorite, but I don't know any iconic character that is, like, as big as, like, that was played by actors, actors as big as for that character as it is just the character itself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. The only one that pops to mind is maybe, like, Eddie Murphy. With move with the mm. dragon, but other than that, they're kind of I feel mostly replaceable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. That's hard to say. I'd have to think about that. There's probably some examples where it, it'd ruin it if it wasn't if it was replaced. But I can't. I can't think of any that would ruin it for me. Outside of like mm. the genie and Eddie Murphy, like because Eddie Murphy, you just hear, oh, that's Eddie Murphy, and with mm-hmm. the genius, like yeah, it's clearly Rob Williams, like. But I feel right. like the other characters is kind of like that. That's just that other person. Maybe James, yeah. Earl, maybe James Earl Jones with the James Earl Jones, yeah, yeah, voice actors. But other than that, I can't really think of any. That was just Freeman. Who do you play? Uh... Are you sure he plays away? Nah, he doesn't play anybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's... Yeah, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, though, on Donkey and Shrek, though. Like, Shrek, yeah. Eddie Murphy, his voice and everything. Anytime he does something. Yeah, and Mulan when he was... Um, I forget the dragon's name, but... That. Um, Mushu. Mushu. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, Mushu. That was lit. Yeah, Mushu was... Yeah. So, I mean, you guys let us know if you're excited about this new live-action uh, Aladdin movie. And if you, what do you think about Will Smith casting as the genie in Robin Williams' iconic, iconic role? Um, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, 
well, like it or not, they're gonna they're clearly going to make every animated movie they did into a live action. So, kind of just gotta live with it at this point. Yep. <laughs> For better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> so another movie, um, How High Two, is finally happening. Heard about it. Which came out in two thousand one. <laughs> it's definitely uh. A stoner classic. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a classic in certain niche communities for sure. Right. I I mean, they're fucking hilarious. But <laughs> apparently that Matt the Man and Red Man will not appear will not appear. Yeah. They're it. not a part of it. They will not be appearing. And what I heard was a little Little Yachty. Little Yachty. Is starring in it. And, and DC Fly, DC Young Fly. I heard he's also co-starring with Little Yachty. So off top, that's a, a no watch for me. <laughs> it sounds like a straight to DVD kind of thing. <laughs> yes. No, like it said it's a made for it, Snoop Dogg movie that they did. It's a made it for like- it's a made for TV movie. Oh. oh okay. Definitely gives me that Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa movie vibe that I never saw, but I know that they made a movie. It was like high school or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just. It's a for sure no watch if they're not in it. There's no point. And considering yeah, they've, they've been so hyped to make so How High Two, yeah, they they were so hyped to make How High Two for like the last ten years too. Mm-hmm. Terrible move. Yeah, that's crazy. Terrible decision. Whoever made that. That's like Hates and Confused without David Chappelle or something. Stupid. Stupid move. Um, <laughs> yeah, bad idea. <laughs> so I know you keep up with art, so I'm sure you've seen this one. Um, Banksy. And well, his... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about this. Banksy <laughs> and shredder. his... And the shredder. That shit's lit. That was, that's like... That's probably honestly the greatest art troll. That's some next level. That's some next level trolling, right there. That's the greatest art troll of our time. So, well, do you want to break it down for the people to describe what happened? So, his world famous "Girl with the Balloon" um, artwork that everybody knows—they apparently got a hold of his original sketch of it, painting of it, or whatever, um, canvas of it, whatever, and. Obviously, Banksy doesn't sell his work, so somehow they got a hold of it, and clearly they're going to try to sell it, and they did at an auction in Sotheby's. Sotheby's. And it went for more than $1.2 million, but right when they <laughs> announced that it was sold for like that much money, um, it started self-shredding. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. Yeah, he, there was a beeping noise or something. Yes. Like an alarm went off. And then... As soon as they said sold. Apparently, then, yes. Apparently. The artwork started coming out of the bottom in shreds, like shredding. Yeah, and, and apparently... Yeah. Panicking. He built... Everybody was like, what's going on? <laughs> he built the shredder into the, his own case and was like, just in case anybody tries to sell this. And sure enough, right when it sold, it started shredding itself, and people were like freaking out. It was, 
Yeah, the like art handlers ran up and took it off the wall, like while it was shredding. Still, like they're like, oh, they tried to like take it away. They like ran it back out. Like, <laughs> oh shit, it was like less than thirty seconds. They got that shit quick. Like, <laughs> I mean, and the response was that uh, apparently we just. It appears that we just got Banksied. Yep. So. Yeah, because Banksy released some footage of the him working on the frame. Yes, he made it himself on so. Instagram on his only social media account, which is Instagram. <laughs> so he was already like a mythological figure in art, basically, and now this shit just like puts him on a whole nother level. Yeah, what's ironic is that piece of art's probably worth two and a half, three million now. Yeah, as a shredder, somebody will still buy frame. this for sure. 1000%. Oh, they're definitely buying it. It's it's definitely worth more than it's sold for now. Even though it's shredded, it went viral. It's a viral thing and Banksy himself responded to it. It's it's probably worth double or triple by now. Yeah, that's what that was the ironic part to me is that yeah, he shredded <laughs> it, but somebody for sure is still going to buy that shit for probably even more than it was when he was sold it. <laughs> yeah. He should have used a different shredder. He should have used one that custom bitches of the little ass pieces. Man, it should have like incinerated inside. Yeah. Next time you gotta have an incinerator inside, like it just whoop, like it burns. <laughs> so it's just ashes. I mean, so that was crazy. That was that was definitely that was tight. That's legendary shit right there. I'm not gonna lie. For real, real for real. <laughs> so we were just talking about Disney movies and live action adaptations, and apparently they are also doing. A Lady in the Tramp reboot. Well, not reboot, live but action. live action adaptation. And Janelle Monet is joining the cast of this. Oh, well, it's probably going to be good then. <laughs> Janelle Monet is picking her projects well. Janelle Monet, I think Tessa Thompson, and Justin Thoreau are announced so far. Hmm. How they're going to do this one, I'm not entirely sure either. It's Yeah, I'm slightly confused, but... Okay. It's one of those I, I need to see like how they do handle the Lion King. Like mm-hmm. that's a big one for right. me. How they how that's gonna turn out? I'm not entirely yeah. excited about that one either. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't be excited about stuff that I'm not sure if it'll turn out. But. Do I really want to see all CGI animals talking? Mm, no. Right. No. No. Do I want to see yeah. them as people instead? Mm, no, don't. No. So, yeah, yeah. like a bunch of Aslans. Like yeah, Aslans. It's gonna <laughs> as... we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I'm not real excited for that <laughs> one, bro. Yeah. Last bit of news for myself that I thought was great news. Cassie is now single. <laughs> Great news for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you are single too. So uh, she is finally single after so many years of Diddy. <laughs> well, Who's... if anybody knows Cassie, uh, <laughs> go ahead and link him up with Dario over here. Get at me. Yeah. Fly out to Europe and visit my man's. <laughs> Get at me, son. But uh, um, a more serious note. Back to our main topics. <clears throat> so, have you seen Venom? No. So, I haven't seen Venom either. It's been on my list of things to see. Mm-hmm. What was your like 
expectation. I won't say expectations. Are you expecting it to be a good? I mean, you've kind of already seen like people's reactions and yeah. the reviews. But right. personally, before you even saw any of that, well, what were your expectations for? Well, personally, my expectations were they're, they're like semi high. Like I feel like it should be. It doesn't have to be like an amazing movie, but it needs to be better than uh, what's his face, like Tobey Maguire's Spider Man's. Those are considered uh, like OG, like classics, obviously. Though. Yeah, but not the third one. Not the third, third one, one where Venom's sure. in it is is, <laughs> is sure. the worst Marvel movie ever made. Like <laughs> for sure, Venom is. Well, I want to say worst Marvel movie. There's a lot of terrible Marvel movies, but it's definitely Man. one of their worst mistakes. They Venom was horrible in that movie. Time. I went to the theaters. I was so mad at that movie. They definitely, <laughs> they definitely fucked up Venom in that one. But. Based on the actor that they have for Venom in this one, I don't I don't expect to be as disappointed just purely based on who's actually Venom. So Yeah. Um, uh, I mean I'm like like you, I'm not expecting it to be like Marvel Studios level good since it is still done by Sony. Um but I am expecting them to be way more accurate to the true Venom character than what we've gotten before. And it's. Yeah. I think it'll be kind of one of those guilty pleasure movies, right? Where it's, yeah, like I just want to. I have to see it. Where conceptually wise, it's probably not very strong, but just mm-hmm. actually seeing him in action is probably worth just. Yeah, the, the watch. writing doesn't have to be good. Just just execute it well and follow the comic book. Like that's just follow the comics and execute. Well, he didn't necessarily follow the comics because in the comics he's born of Spider-Man. So, and obviously they can't use Spider-Man at this moment because he's in all of the Avengers and Marvel Studios stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he's kind of separate. This, yeah, you can still write it. You, you can avoid that part by, by just adapting the like symbiote from space theory and then just go from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to see it. So, I mean, from the trailers... Initial trailers, I was definitely like, mm, not, not mm-hmm. too excited or not. My expectations are real of this. The last trailers got me a little more excited to actually see him in action. But then we get the reviews, which have been scathing to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I've seen uh, some critics going in. Critics have gone in on this movie. Uh, I've seen mixed pretty hard friends though. But, this is what my point was, but, while critics have been panning it left and right, the audience seems to be more mixed and more positive than negative on it. Yeah. I've seen some statuses on my, like, Facebook feed and stuff, like, oh, what are the critics talking about? I just saw Venom. And, like, I liked it. Yeah, I liked yeah, it. I, liked I, it. I, actually, yeah. I actually liked it a lot. You know, I'm hearing this Yeah, a lot they were too. like, it was a really, like, good movie. I was like, oh, okay. So, I'm still interested. So, that brought me to this topic specifically. Um, are there any movies out there that have been critically just demolished by you know these professional <clears throat> film critics who are always hard to please, but but right. you you still loved. 
I mean, there's so many movies. Like, when I started to, like, think about it and kind of look, I was like, dang, there's a lot of movies that the critics, like, bashed that I, I kind of just love. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot off top that I loved already, but then once I did a little more research into movies that have been critically uh, flamed, yeah. I was surprised at how many of them that I actually, like, yo, I love that movie. Like, I didn't yeah, know Yeah, some of them I was like, I was like, that's a classic. What are they talking about? Like, <laughs> like, like, uh, we were talking about Robin Williams earlier. Hook. Remember Hook? Okay, yep. You just, you, you definitely took that off my list. For sure. Yo, I can't believe they, they bashed that movie. Like, shit on. They shit on that movie. They, they, yeah. They, like, Robin Williams thought it was a mistake after it came Even out. Robin shit on his, on his, even Robin and Steven Spielberg both shit on this movie. And I'm looking oh, yeah, around Spielberg like. shit's on it now. He doesn't, he still doesn't give a fuck. Well. That's legit one of my favorite Robin Williams movies ever. For real though. For real. I go, that it's on is... all of my hard drives and I watched it yeah. probably less than a month ago. Right. No, whenever that's on, I'm I'm watching. It's a watch. One thousand percent. I don't care, bro. Like that shit's fucking amazing. Like I don't understand. I maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think I am. For real. That no, is yeah, one I of the most fun movies to watch. Shit was amazing. Julia so Roberts hook was definitely yeah, a hook was definitely on there. Rufio was a big part of that one. Rufio. <laughs> it was so raw. Like fuck the critics, man. <laughs> so Hook was definitely on my list as well. Um, so for me, off top number one that popped into my head was The Mist. Oh my god! Put <laughs> the Mist on there, fam. All Classic, right. like. I knew you were gonna do that. That's all right. It's I top. It's top list. ten Stephen King movie, bro. It is. Yes. We already talked about it. It's the top ten yeah. in that ending. In the ending yeah. for all his problems of like kind of it's weak cool. CGI. It's a genius ending though. Yes, for all the problems of the weak CGI and like some bad acting here and there and the ending made it all worth it. I'm sorry. That like shit. it did. They took a risk and it paid off for me. So but the mess no, is one. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, now the mist is definitely a, a great like tension building like psychological kind of thriller. It is. I think that they did pretty well for the budget of this movie. Yeah, and it also happens to star like five people that ended up on The Walking Dead together. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we're just gonna we're gonna go back and forth between listing, you know, our movies. So you can go and give me your your next one. Alright, man. I was actually surprised when I, I came across the Bad Boys too. That was on my list as well. Like I was like, I was what like, the fuck are we talking about? That's like one of my all time <laughs> favorite movies. I was like, that movie came out and that was the movie. That man, was the movie. movie. It sold so much, first of all. Obviously the that public the loved movie. it. For real. Like that was the realest shit. Like, now, Gabrielle Union, that was when Gabrielle Union was like. Kind of just coming like, up, man. Yeah, yeah kind of coming up. She's not, she wasn't like the Gabrielle Union. And this was kind of like when, uh, what's his name? Michael Bay was just, yeah. like really starting to become like 
the meme of Michael Bay with like all the crazy explosions and crazy car chases and like over the top action scenes. Mm-hmm. Which, granted, yeah. it is way more over the top than the first one. Like, not even oh, close. Yeah. No, for real. But you can't tell me that shit was not enjoyable because this shit was this lit. Shit was this lit. Good. And like there, it, the chemistry between top uh, the best, that shit, the best. Yeah, it was crazy. Funny, funny as fuck. Like, period. Funny as fuck. The devil is not welcome here. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I was, I couldn't believe it. I did, I had no idea that it was critically like shit on like that. Like, I just thought yeah, everybody loved Bad Boys too. Shocking. Great movie. Yeah. What about you? What's you got next? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you can pick pretty much oh, any wow. any any version of it. You can pick the old ones, uh, or you can pick you know the recent uh, reboot, like the new. Well, mm. the second one I like so much, but the first one for sure. Yeah. Wait, there was a second new one. Yeah, where they oh, had shit. like Ryan. I missed that. They had like the Rhino and the Pig. I forget their name. Um, oh yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh. I didn't even know. It was, okay. it was like a sequel slash soft reboot kind of uh, type of a deal. But either way, like, so specifically for me, like the older ones, like those are like, obviously as a child, like those were like some of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. And I watched them probably a thousand times each. This was back yeah. when they were, there was no CGI when they actually had like, Martial artists wearing like those big ass rubber turtle suits, right? Yeah, and it was just super campy, and it was just like it was just in the nineties, <laughs> like it was just like the Batman era when Batman had like nipples and shit like this. So it was like that right? whole era. Yeah, why does the suit have to? Yeah, have like <laughs> why? Because it because it should. Like it's just because it should, and you don't even question it. And it was just like super. <laughs> the fights were terrible. Like. It wasn't a real like martial arts because you can't even really move in there, but it was still really funny and it's still really captured like that whole Yeah, the landscape didn't even make sense, like the city. Like, yeah, like the people didn't make where? sense. Like it was just the shredder the shredder was almost like laughable and like <laughs> And like it just it was just a fucking it was just amazing. They really captured like maybe not the comic book anime of it. Not the anime, but the comic book manga of it. But it definitely captured like the '90s cartoons, miniatures, cartoon. How crazy and like wacky it was for sure. And like, yeah, objectively, it's not a great movie, but yeah. subjectively, it is like still one of my favorite movies to go back and watch. Okay, I like that choice. That's a cool choice. Uh, this one's probably not on your list, but I was kind of. I don't know. I guess this one's subjective, but for me, I really like this movie. Uh, Super with uh, Rain Wilson mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Juno. Yeah, I thought about it. Um, you're talking about um, Ellie, the chick from Juno, right? Are you yeah, about? yeah, Ellie. Yeah, with, uh, I forget um, her name. Ellen or Paige. Something page? Maybe. Allie Page? Ellen Page? Ellen Page. Ellen Page. I think it's Ellen Page. Tell us if we're wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's Ellen Page. Yeah, but yeah, Rain Wilson, Ellen Page. And that that shit, because it's like, 
it's like if real people decided to. And it's Dwight from the Office. For you guys, I don't know who Rain Wilson is. Yeah, he's Dwight uh, Schrute. <laughs> Mr. Schrute. So imagine Dwight Schrute decides to become a night vigilante. A real and his weapon of choice is a monkey wrench. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that they had Dwight as the lead role was enough to get me to watch the movie. Damn, that movie, I couldn't believe it. Because I thought um, Superbad was way more violent than I expected. But Superbad, it was or so, you mean like, Kick-Ass? Or Kick-Ass, sorry, not Superbad. Kick-Ass. I thought Kick-Ass was more violent than I expected. Way more violent than I expected. But it was still, like, um, mainstream, more mainstream. It wasn't like, it, it didn't have, like, too many, like... Like dark comedy, like it had dark comedy, but it, it still tried to keep it like bouncy in a weird way. Yeah. So I I love that, but like with super, it was still comic they, booky, even though yeah, it was like it's really. still comic booky. Yeah, the super they brought it down into like this other weird area. Yeah. Of, like how weird would know, it actually just, be to see somebody like really truly believe they're a real life superhero and not? Like, yeah, like if you walked outside right now and you saw a guy really think he was a superhero. And, like, he saw somebody, like, snatch a purse, and he starts, you know, like, what would it look like if, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? It wouldn't be look like, like kick-ass, like, where it's kind of a cool thing. It's like, this fucking crazy-ass yeah, nah, guy. He's not martial arts trained, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> you know, he's not some secret ninja. He's, he's a guy who really felt inspired to do it. Yeah. So It's a good yeah. movie. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, yeah, I was just, yeah. And I think it did better than I expected too. So it did. I mean, I think generally consensus of like the public is that it was people actually liked it. Next one for me is another throwback to my childhood: um, Mortal Kombat. Mm. Mortal Kombat, <laughs> hands down, the greatest <laughs> video game movie ever made. Like, bam, classic, man. Yeah, like. Crazy. I'm just kind of upset that anyone would talk ill about Mortal Kombat. Facts. Like that, mo- <laughs> so like that like, movie wasn't the shit. Don't ever fix your mouth to say nothing bad about Mortal Kombat. Like, side like, note this Cage, this was Johnny a movie. Cage. This was a movie like, that how- that scared our child, one of our friends from his childhood. <laughs> 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 that made him leave a movie theater. <laughs> uh, I remember that. Oh my god. But yeah. Um, I mean, the casting. Was that the like, Scorpion part? Was it Scorpion? I don't know. Which maybe it might have been the Scorpion part. I, I forget which part you told me. It might have oh, been man. with the like the shit that came out of his head. <laughs> yeah, bro. And he was like a skull. I think he was like he. Like, uh, did out, he have like, a skull? <laughs> did he show a skull? I don't know if he showed the skull. Oh, okay. I that part. But, but I know out. for he sure they showed the hand. Yeah. yeah, it was too much for him. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Um, I mean, they had what's his the one guy from the Highlander. Um. As Raiden and I forget who uh, who came was, but the casting was super all over the place and weird, and like yeah. the CGI was. If you go back and watch the CGI, CGI it's crazy, absolutely bro. horrible. But man, I still go back and watch this movie. Man. Like it's still fucking enjoyable. All of them, I like all of them. It's still fucking enjoyable. Like, oh yeah, and uh, I, uh, that's it. That's I mean. 
Who doesn't like love Mortal it's, Kombat? It's based right? on a video game. It's supposed to have some like awkward cheesiness in it. The you greatest. Know, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I mean, if you especially if you compare it to like another video game movie called Street Fighter, which was <laughs> man, I was so confused. much worse, so much worse than I was like, what are they? Was. What are they doing? What What is this? What is it this was, movie? It was horrible. <laughs> but Mortal Kombat, though, no. Street Fighter <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it for me. That really made me that, so. That really sold the game even more for me, honestly, as a child. Hell yeah! Exactly. So. I couldn't wait to get them more. I wanted to play Mortal Kombat forward and like all that shit. So it definitely was for me. Mortal Kombat. Nice. Um. Let's see. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just so many, but I kind of wanted to shout out some of these ones. Um, remember Black Knight with Martin Lawrence? Yeah, Black Knight. Yeah, man. Actually, I like I mean, not my favorite Lawrence movie, but I still it's enjoyed funny. it. It's enjoyed funny. It. It's funny. It's like it's just a it's a feel good movie, and I don't think it's like completely trash because it's about a guy make it's like making fun of the amusement park aesthetic, but also this like fake fantasy, you know. And I mean, it's, like it's just it's definitely no blue streak, but. I will still watch it if it's on TV. Yeah, it's it's not a. I wouldn't skip it. Like I'd watch it for sure. But yeah, that's that's on my list. Black Knight. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. That's a niche one. I, I think maybe not everybody's seen that one, but yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, if you haven't seen the Black Knight with Martin Lawrence, just put it on your list. Just something. It's just a light watch. You know, it's um, you know, it's almost family. It's but it's like probably fourteen and up. Kind of movie. Mm. Um, for me, Constantine. Oh yeah, one. I have that on my list. That's on my list for sure too. Um, blown away. Amazing movie. Like the story was great. The acting was Keanu great. Reeves, Keanu man, killed at his, it at his best. <laughs> I don't care what people say that it wasn't like super true to the comics. It didn't really matter to me. It was still like yeah. just a really good movie for me. Yeah, I loved it. The effects like, were crazy. Like everything. Even Shia LaBeouf in there was great. Like it was just yeah. a good fucking movie. And people really and I'm kind of I was kind of sad that it didn't get a sequel cuz I felt like yeah. This was a great movie yeah. even though and I I think people who saw it probably didn't even know it was a comic book movie. Like that's Yes, yeah, so they had no idea where it came from. They're just like, "Oh, Constantine is this cool movie." Yes. And that's it. I just thought it was this really cool, like, noir type. And I love this aesthetics, and I love the setting, and I love the yeah. the villains in there. Like, I just, I liked it a lot. Like, it was just a good-ass movie. Definitely, yeah. and, like, the CGI wasn't even, like... No, it was good. It still holds terrible. up to this day. Yeah, I like it. So I, was I like, mean, there might have been one or two parts. But... <laughs> and I was like, now that I think about it. There's that one part with the devil's son, but whatever. Mm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I still enjoyed it quite quite thoroughly. I thought the casting was great. So, oh, the casting was was immaculate. I thought everybody fit together well. Perfectly. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a right kind shame of. it didn't get the sequel. But yeah, I feel you. Uh, another one I was really surprised about: Man on Fire. Definitely on my list. Denzel. These are more of the definite, like, what the fuck are they talking about movies? Like, like how? How, Sway? I literally have not met a single person who's seen that movie and was like, I didn't like Man on Fire. Like, what? It's one of yeah. his best how roles ever. How can you ever. not like Man on Fire? 
like the critics were trying to say the ending they tried to say it got too violent first of all and that like it dragged it's a violent movie uh yeah I'm from like, the jump uh, it's called man on fire right and it was just oh. <laughs> There's like, just so many iconic scenes. There's so many iconic scenes and lines and moments in there. Creasy. Oh, Creasy. That I haven't seen that movie in a while, but yeah, this is definitely, yeah. it was definitely made my list. Having watched it so many times that the only thing I hated was Dakota Fanning screaming the whole movie. But just like. For a child, though, she all, did a really good job. I know. I know. But that was her thing back then. Like in War of the Worlds and shit. Remember how she just screamed the whole time? Like she started to ruin movies for me at, <laughs> at, at that point. <laughs> nah. But other than that, it was amazing. <laughs> Man on Fire was a great movie. Classic for me. Classic for me. Um, Shooter. Oh yeah, Mark. Mark. That might be my favorite Mike Mark Wahlberg movie. That's like. a great Mark. Wahlberg movie. I think um, Four Brothers is my uh, uh, Yeah, Four Brothers is up there. But Shooter is... Damn, that movie's good, bro. I was not expecting it to be good. Like I was like, mm, I don't know how good this is going to be. It looks a little generic. It looks like it'd be super corny. Yeah, like, it looks super it generic. Smart. Like, it might be a super... But, like you said, it was like, way smarter than I expected it to be. And he acted really fucking well in that movie. And, and the end was so lit. And the payoffs were worth it, like well worth it, like more than yeah. worth it. Oh my god! It, I yeah. mean, it's so it was so good that it got its own TV spinoff. So I, I don't understand how right. critics shit on it so much, but that's easily yeah, one that's of my favorite crazy. Mark Wahlberg movies. But yeah, I didn't think I didn't think that was going to be good at all, and then I watched it and was like, wow, this is really good. Movies, yeah, I was like, this is really good. Lot. I need <laughs> to watch this shit again. I I ended up buying a Blu-ray of it. I was like, this is good. That's fucking <laughs> yeah. movie. Oh man! So that one, yeah, that one. Yeah, shoot. How many more movies are we gonna hit up? I got two more. All right. Um. Well, that's so funny. Another Denzel movie, Book, Book of, of Eli. Eli. Oh, yeah, I knew you were gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, when I watched it, I I would just I could see if somebody was confused after a first watch, maybe. But to say it's bad movie yeah you can't really say it's a bad movie like i was a little confused by it and the first my first viewing i wasn't like blown away by it but i would never say like oh this is a bad movie Mm -hmm. like it was an interesting movie for sure it was it took some choices in the story wise that you know well, the problem is, I think I didn't. I don't think they played up certain aspects, and I'm pretty sure, like some fans want to know, like watching it, like Denzel's blind the entire movie. movie. He's not a vision. He's not a, a person with sight. I mean, this and this was one of my biggest. Has, nobody biggest can read gripes with it. Was that major but, spoiler yeah. alert? Major spoiler alert. Y'all need to watch the Book of Eli first of all. If you haven't, it, you know it's your fault because it's been out forever. It's old as but, fuck, yeah. Um, so yeah, nobody can read the book but him because it's in braille. And the book is the Bible, and the Bible is like the and and they burned them all. Yeah. Uh, this was on my list, but it was probably like at the bottom of my list. It wasn't like my favorite Denzel movie, and like I said, there's some issues with it for sure that like 
I had problems with his particularly that he was blind and was doing all the shit he was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that they revealed it was kind of like, mm, all right. Yeah. But but I could see how so many people did love it. And if you put it on right now, I'm watching the whole thing. And I just don't, <laughs> I just don't get how, like, objectively you could say this was a bad movie because it was anything but. Yeah, I mean, it's at least a seven. Like, it's not, it's not a ten. Not it's a above 10 average movie. for sure. Yeah, but it's it's not it's, it's not something I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, don't watch that. Like, th- you, I wanted you to watch it, basically. Mm. So, I mean, my last movie is National Treasure. Oh my goodness! With uh, actually, that's a good choice. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, he got shit on, but I remember watching like it in that theaters, movie. and I was like, damn, I like this movie. <laughs> like, I really like this movie. And right. this is a time specifically when Nicholas Cage did not have a lot of good movie roles. Mm-hmm. And I think he killed it, and just the whole story—it was just like a fun romp. Like it was like almost like Indiana Jones level of movie, but like a little smaller scale. But it had that same like sort of mystique about it, you know. When it's talking yeah. about the history and like all these clues, and it was just a good ass movie. Yeah. Good ass no, movie. I liked it. I liked it for sure. It made me want to know more about history. It was actually a good movie that made me want to know. About historical shit. Yes. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, I kind of want to look up this Benjamin, you know? <laughs> like, Benjamin Franklin's diary. Like, you know, or like these these lost pages of such and such. You know, like, I was... I think they did a good job of, like, taking these real world things and, like, turning it into a real mystery, like, type of thing that felt, like, plausible almost. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was fun. It was a fun movie. Yeah. So, that was definitely on there. <clears throat> but that's movies that uh, we loved that critics hated, uh, especially in context of you know this whole recent Venom wave of critics panning it, but fans seemingly loving it. Mm-hmm. But you guys, let us know what movies that you loved that critics generally hated, but that you still love no matter what. Um, and let us know if you've seen Venom and what you think about that. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Do you agree with the critics? Not agree? Let us know. Um, we'll probably have seen it by then, so we'll have something to talk about. <clears throat> Last segment. So, I don't know if you've seen, but we had a recent post on our website. And yeah, there's a lot of um, engagement. We had a lot of engagement, to say the least. Um, <laughs> so one of our writers, Cynthia Vinny, Cynthia Vinny, I hope I'm saying that right, um, she wrote an article, opinion piece, asking the question, posing the question, is on-screen diversity in danger of becoming a gimmick? And we promoted it all over Facebook, and as you might expect, it was heavily uh, engaged with and uh, opinionated on. To say the least, and people had some really strong feelings about it, and I kind of just want to go into that a little bit more, yeah. and you know, see what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting question to pose. You know, it is just thinking about it, and especially in our time now, where there's more platforms than ever, and like there's more. You know, uh, remakes happening and all these things. It's like, 
I don't know. It, it. I feel like diversity has always been used sometimes in a gimmicky way, mm-hmm. but to, it's not to reach a different crowd. Yeah, like you know, it's it's just uh, strategic marketing, like uh, target marketing. You know, like oh, we want to drive this this type of consumer. Hey, there's that black guy. guy. There's that black guy you yeah. guys know and love in this movie too, as well. Like, be sure exactly. to check it out. Like, yeah, exactly. The token is what they called it. So now what they're doing is instead of having a token, they're they're adding three or four, and, and or they're just like. They're still doing the token, but with storylines that would already exist, where they just swap the character. Characters, yes. Yeah. Like for this example, is, what did you think about? There was a lot of backlash in uh, the um, black stormtrooper with the Star Wars. That's kind of like a, a weird because no right. stormtroopers took their hat off, and that All right. with the Star Wars one, that's just. I I felt like this is just fucking idiotic that there was people are upset people that. calling that a gimmick. Because look, at, I mean, I I honestly don't think that was a gimmick. I think they just picked a person that they liked as a role for that they wanted. And at the same time, Star Wars is a movie about aliens of all different races. I don't even call them races; just fucking aliens, all yeah. shapes, sizes, and colors, and all types of weird shit. And the fact that a black guy pops up, and that's the and out of all the weird shit that's in, in Star Wars, and that's what you fucking pick out to be like yeah. upset about. I just <laughs> think like you're a fucking idiot at that point. So I don't agree with the Star Wars one at all. Um, and the fact that even the points they try to bring up about the stormtroopers, stormtroopers have not have not been clones for like decades at this point. So yeah. to think that an entire galaxy of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Where, like I said, it's full of fucking aliens, like blue people and orange people, all this other shit. Yeah. That there's no people of color of like some different pigmentation <laughs> in the entire universe is like your biggest surprise. I think you have a little deeper issues there, my guy. Yeah. So I don't agree with people on this one. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So like I, that's just me using it as an example of people yes. looking too hard. But then yeah. there's other examples where. It does seem a little heavy-handed, you know? Right. Right. Um, um, so, I think, I mean, if we're going to stick to that, for the most part, diversity doesn't become such a big issue until it's about particularly, um, I would say, the comic book nerdy demographic of mm-hmm. films. Uh, because these people feel very strongly about their characters and, and comics and and whatnot that they grew up on for whatever reason, this or that. And one particular case comes to mind with Michael B. Jordan as um, the, human, the torch. human torch in the terrible uh, Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, what the fuck? There. The first There, yes. Better. I can kind of. I can see a point there where I won't just say that that race is like essential to their character, but they have been a certain makeup for the longest of times. You know what right. I'm saying? 
Yeah, they've always been rendered, drawn, or acted as... And and also, that's a brother of, you know, the Invisible Woman. So, we, yes. we always assume they would be the same. You know, it's just, there's certain yes. assumptions that also make it make you think, like, well, wait, what? So, I, I, I can see why people be upset about that. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't feel that strongly about Fantastic Four one way or another. So, I wouldn't really give a fuck. Um, but... Right. I can see where somebody who was like a huge Fantastic Four fan or whatever might be upset that they're changing things so much. Yeah. But what was I going to say? Um, I mean, this is like a social politics topic, kind of. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little deeper. Um, so I mean, personally, from my my end, I wouldn't have like a strong reaction to. I didn't have a strong reaction to him. Being, I was like, oh, well, that's it's a little weird, but okay, whatever. Like, I don't really not like a huge Fantastic Four fan. Right. And as as two black men, um, it is kind of it is it is cool to see us finally be represented in these giant films. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it is undeniably cool. Yeah, and it'd be normal. Like, no one's going to look at me weird for for wearing a super, you know, Superman or like, you know, know, like wearing a costume. Because, I mean, you got to think like, here's why people don't get, yes, that yes, we are black. But we grew up still loving these characters and still dressing up as these characters ourselves as children. So we still look at that. So like I can get it from both sides, but at the same time, like they're like, "Oh, you have your own characters, but do we really?" <laughs> Which characters are we talking about? Sure, we had Black Panther, and that was the super obscure one to begin with. Um, other than that, you can probably count on one hand significant black superhero characters in any. Marvel or DC or otherwise. Well, what's crazy was I always thought the black or the Green Lantern was black until Ryan Reynolds right. came out with the movie, and I was like, "Oh, well, there goes the Green Lantern costume." Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Green Lantern is a little more complicated. Because I know there's, like there's three many Green people. Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's many Green Lanterns, but at the same time, I I just remembered the black one. <laughs> so, I mean, my my biggest point is that yes. I believe that pandering to a certain demographic just for the sake of trying to reach a broader audience or trying to get more of them, their eyes on what you're doing is the wrong way of going about trying to make inclusion. Inclusion just for inclusion's sake isn't necessarily the best way to go about things, but But diversity in films is the right way to go because I mean to tell an there's something about story or something yeah. compelling that that relates to what you see when you go outside in the world. If you travel in the world, you know you you see more than one type of person. There's always different types of people. So it's like, right. You know, Rep- representation is very, very important, and and, and I, know, I know a lot of 
I know a lot of white people have, have trouble with this concept, but representation is extremely important to certain people. And it does something when you see somebody like that looks like you being represented in these films and TV shows and, and everything. I know you don't think so because you guys are in every film and TV show and everything that's created. Uh, and but trust it's me, not it, considered a gimmick when the diversity is completely flapped. Like, right. Like if so it goes Bunch both ways. Out and it was a black family rebooted the, the Brady Bunch and it was just called the Brady Bunch and they did the same stuff, but it was just all black. Right. That's, that's what, that's what happens in movies often. But um, so I think it goes both ways because there's countless films that have been completely whitewashed. Um, and you don't really feel an uproar or backlash from this. And yeah. like, what was it? Gods of Egypt? Yeah. Jesus. Don't let me tell. <laughs> Gods of Egypt. I was like, uh, okay. Ancient, ancient Egypt. And they're all like North, North English, Yo, Prince, England, Prince Persia, like European. Persia was Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Persia. Gyllenhaal. Per- Persia, so, yeah. So my own thing is that, okay, well, you have to look at it from both ways. You can't just be like, oh, you can't take our characters and change them just for the sake of changing them. Okay, well, you can't take our region or our history or our whatever and and whitewash them just for the sake of whitewashing them either. You you belong in in this place that you'll never, ever visit in your life. Yes. (laughs) Right. So that's one of the things, like, certain people, what people consider a gimmick is often not a gimmick, but just a specifically, you know, targeted, it's like a niche, you know? Like, there's certain movies that are made for specific people sometimes, too. Like, it's not trying to reach a wide audience. It's trying to reach right. its audience, you know? So, um, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the line, but... Is it in danger of becoming a gimmick? Uh... No, um, there's certainly moments where it's like, mm, I don't, you might not, I might not, even myself, I might not understand the choice of changing a certain character when I feel like we just create our own, I, what I would love for us to do is to create our own character and create our own, but obviously that's not the movies that are being made. So Yo, live action, static shock, my facts, dude. big facts. Um, I want to see that. They need to do that one day. So, yeah, like, I don't think it's a danger of becoming a gimmick, especially when you look at the majority of movies that are being made and look at the makeup of those movies. Can you really tell me <laughs> that things are becoming that much more diverse? Like, really? Yeah. Really? Changing a character here and there is not in danger of becoming a gimmick. But there is a fine line between creating more diversity and representation of films and pandering to certain demographics when it yeah. becomes pandering to a demographic and there's no real story reason or, or reason behind it, then I'm against that. But yeah. when it's about representation in movies, like in star Wars, like who cares? Like, yeah, that was, that was a genuinely regular plot line that didn't confuse any part of the story at all. Like facts. people were just like, Oh, there's too many women in there. Oh, there's too many uh, minorities in there. Like, well, this is fucking Star Wars. 
and it's a movie about a different fucking galaxy. So it's just the dumbest, dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard about that one. But again, it goes both ways. So when you guys big up these TV shows like Friends, which I believe is set in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. And over an entire, I don't know how many seasons it did. There's what, like maybe one or two black people in the entire entirety of the show? And you're yeah. in fucking New York? Yeah, I'm like, she works at a then shop. That is clearly a fucking <laughs> bullshit gimmick. So yeah. it goes both ways. New York it definitely goes years, both ways. You, you only see two black people. I'd, I'd right. love to know where that street is. Like facts, you, you, you can't even <laughs> trust me. I, I live in New York. I've lived in New York for five years. <laughs> There's not a block where you're not going to see a black person at least once during the day. Like, they don't even got to be a black person. It can be any other race. And the fact that it's race, so whitewashed you know in New York, different people live here. You're going to see a Sikh walking down the street. You're probably, you know, you're going to So see again, it clearly clearly like goes both ways. You're going to see a Haitian. Goes both ways. A Korean, you can see everybody. Like how? How how sway? <laughs> I don't get it. Friends was confusing. But whatever. So, I mean, that's how I feel about it. I want to read some of the comments that we got on the post. Uh, yeah, go just ahead. a handful. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say any names, but you can go see them for yourself. One of them is LOL. DC tried it with Wally West, and in one move, pissed off an entire generation of Flash fans. So what he's talking about, again, like I said, it's a certain, <laughs> a certain type of demographic of film and TV that really pisses people off, and it's the nerd one. <laughs> and in the Flash TV show... Yeah. Wally is black. Yeah. I didn't know this was such a big deal. I didn't think I didn't, I didn't know hear that a lot either. of people. I was like, oh, I, really? You said it pissed off an entire generation of Flash fans. I haven't met too many people that watched The Flash and were soup that were even mentioned that, oh, he's black. Like, because, again, Wally West, I like. I thought that was cool. And they say in the thing that he's not the fastest Flash. Like, you know, Barry's yeah. the fastest Flash. And, like. And. I mean, and Wally West is like who are we talking about? Really, it's a fucking Wally West. It's a it's, it's Wally West. It's not the main Flash. So yeah. again, most people just will find any reason to be super pissed off about. But obviously, the Flash is still doing really well as a TV show. So I don't think the general consensus is that they were that he pissed off an entire generation of Flash fans about it. You know. Yeah. Um, Next one, it's been a gimmick and everybody knows it. Look at the all-female Ghostbusters and other flops like it. Mm. That's another one that we didn't talk about. But Ghostbusters was a big, big point of contention for a lot of people just for the simple fact that it was Mm. four women playing it instead of four men. And again... Well, that reminds me of the Oceans as well. The Oceans, yes. But didn't that one do pretty well? Yeah, but, I mean, I saw it wasn't that good, to be honest. Okay. So, I mean, outside of Ocean's Eleven, I don't think the other ones were that great either. But... I mean, they were all seemingly a little bit, like, more clever, like, trickier, Mm -hmm. you know, than that one seemed. Seemed like the tricks weren't as tricky. Okay, so I don't... (laughs) So I don't get how this one's really a gimmick, 
considering it's just fucking Ghostbusters and it's not like it doesn't have like 60 years of history behind it of, of these certain characters like it was two movies of yeah. some of four comedians that came together to make a movie and yeah. I think more so that it just wasn't a good movie but to say that because it was four women that it automatically counts as a gimmick I don't I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, But I think for people who feel alienated because they're not the target audience, but they liked the originals that these are coming from, they like feel alienated. Like they feel like it's a gimmick because the original was for them, but this new one's not. But why is it not for you? Just because it's women leads? Because it's this presented is, differently. This is this is just they, they this, don't. This is what I don't understand. Like that's what I'm saying. Are you that's not surrounded by women in your life? Like they do should, you not? They should, do you not have they any women in your life? It. They should be celebrating that there's another, you know, version of something that you love. But instead, they like just want to see the same thing. And if that's what they want, they should just go watch the old shit most of the time. True. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't get it, but I didn't get that upset about it. But and yeah. I love the ghost and I love Ghostbusters, absolutely love it. But I didn't give a fuck that it was four women. <clears throat> um, of off, <laughs> oh fuck off for you know whatever. Does there need to be a story reason to represent actual demographics that exist in real life? No, these are not people, not plot devices. Fuck that white noise. No, these are people, not plot devices. Fuck that white noise. I agree. There doesn't need to be a story story reason, particularly to represent actual demographics that exist in real life. But, like as we said, in certain characters, in certain instances, there is so much history behind them that it doesn't make sense to switch who they are completely mm-hmm. just for the sake of doing it. <clears throat> right. But in terms of making an actual movie or film or TV, I mean, movie or TV show, that is about like just regular shit. Mm-hmm. Then for sure there doesn't need to be a story reason to actually represent what the world looks like. Yeah, for real. That that kind of seems like obvious. Like I don't know. Yeah, is there, I mean, there's story reason for why you know <laughs> diversity exists at the supermarket. Like, <laughs> like uh, it. Um, that's the way it is. Representation matters. A good story can be written whether it is a white straight man or a black transgender woman, the trans part, or whatever of that character does not need to be the defining story. So, if the storyline is about a straight white couple rather than a black woman falling in love with another woman, then the story would automatically be better? Question mark. We have amazing stories about fantasy characters that do not exist. If a storyline is shit, it is because of bad writing, not because of an Asian LGBTQ plus character is involved. I agree. I agree. With that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's like well put. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A good Blame story can be written, whether yeah, it doesn't matter. The writing. Most is... everything that I hate, cinema wise, TV wise, is because of bad writing. Yeah. Good writing solves a lot of issues. Well, all issues, basically. Basically. Well, I won't say all, because they used to have some bad directing in CGI, but it solves most issues. Most issues. In movies and TV. 
So if there's good writing around any reason of including, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Calling Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which she points out in her piece because in the reboot, Buffy is gonna be a black is gonna be played by a black character, black woman. Yeah. So again, obviously there's some really <laughs> strong reactions to that one. So calling Buffy less than diverse means that the author of this story didn't watch the show. There's not one, not two, but three kick-ass women of color who were slayers. Kendra appeared as the second slayer after Buffy died and came back to life. Then there was Nikki, who was the only other slayer who almost managed to kill Spike. I mean, I'm not big on the, mm. the lore of Buffy, but if you guys are. Finally, there was the first whose spirit they needed to call on to help them to be Adam. Without her, there would have been an apocalypse. Uh, there were also some amazing people of color baddies who weren't just a bad caricature of stereotypes. They were well-rounded characters with individual qualities. Finally, she also featured the first ever televised lesbian kissed, as far as I'm aware. Oh, I remember Certainly, that. it was one of the front runners, as I remember, of being a big hoo-ha in the press. They dealt with Will's bisexuality in a very mature, inclusive way. Josh Sweden has always been inclusive of diverse in properties. I'm really excited to see what it looked like. I'm not big on Buffy's lore or history, so. I mean, well, I would sounds, definitely watch all the Buffy's back in the day. Sound like she she gave great examples and corrections to some of her points on this one about Buffy. So yeah, I mean, some of the exist. Some of the examples are conditional. I mean, you you can't necessarily use examples. Where certain characters exist in like four episodes out of like fifty episodes, kind of thing, you know. Some of them aren't like mm-hmm. always there. Like Buffy's the main character, so it's a always, you know, it's about that person. So the, right. there's a little bit. But of, I don't think. But here's my thing with Buffy: is I don't think our being white or whatever was ever any central part of. Her story. Oh no! Yeah, no, no. It's just about some young See, girl yeah. becoming a vampire slayer, like changing, uprooting her life. It's just about right. a, a, yeah, basically. So I don't think I don't. I mean, I don't think it's not. I, personally, again, not a big deal to me. I don't mm. think it should be a big deal to people, considering it's not like oh, I'm Buffy because I'm this white person. Like no, it's just I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it just yeah. happened to be a certain actor. Right. And I don't think, and obviously the actor is not going <clears> to <throat> reprise that role again. So I just think they just found whoever they felt was the best actor. Yeah. But yeah, last comment. When any part of the story becomes about that person being a minority or any type of person who isn't the norm, then yes, it's a gimmick. Don't hijack other storylines to present that shit. Hmm. So. I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I, I have to disagree a little bit. Um. I I would agree in terms of replacing well-known characters, but I would disagree in terms of just story because saying that when any part of the story becomes that person being a minority is not a gimmick because that is, again, representation and part of daily life as a minority is part of your story, regardless of you know where you live, like at the end of the day, yeah, it's 
pointed out to you multiple times on multiple occasions that you are a minority and that is part of your story. So, like, yeah, you can't really tell that story of certain characters. Ignore. Yeah, so you can't just completely ignore the fact that they're a minority or some other different when a story, when it's such a big part of people's lives. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, they don't say that about, like, like plus-size actors and stuff. Like, they always have to talk about being plus-size in their acting. You know, that's, like, all constantly... Mm-hmm. It's it's written in their characters, you know? Like, even if the movie... You know, like, like weight and, like, just size things, you know? That's a, that's a, a, a demographic of people. That's, like, you know, something that's... Like, I would love for there to be stories with black people where you just don't even have to bring up the fact that they grew up differently than what's the norm. But when you're presenting something to a wide audience where there's people who aren't familiar with those experiences, mm-hmm. you have to kind of talk about those experiences so they understand that character. Yeah. And again, not every story needs it, but it also, again, it comes down to what do we say? It's good writing. So good writing. there's good writing. It's always good writing, y'all. For example... Black Panther obviously had strong moments about that character being a minority from America who grew up in the ghetto. Yeah. And you can't tell that character or or present that character in the light that they did as well as they did without bringing that up. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's about whether the writing is good or not. Not just saying that you shouldn't bring it up at all. It's a gimmick if you even talk about it. Like, no, bruh, it doesn't work like this. This is right. when you grew up as the majority and you're not considered different, then you don't really have to explain yourself as a character and how you are exactly. and how you came up and how you came to be at this point. But when yeah. you are considered outside the norm, you kind of have to explain your experiences to to the wider audience who isn't necessarily made up of other people like you. So yeah, that's my point. That's my only point. Yeah, all y'all just need to watch. This is us. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't seen it, but all right. I just started watching it, and it's actually extremely well written. So yeah, again, you guys should definitely go check out this piece by Cynthia Vinny on the website. It's called Is On Screen Diversity in Danger of Becoming a Gimmick? From my point of view, and I think Doris's too, in certain instances, it, it can be pandering, but a gimmick, no. It all comes down to good writing at the end of the day. So, but you guys let us know your thoughts on this one. People have been letting us know their thoughts about this one. And as you can see, they've had some really, really strong opinions about it and I didn't even say all of the other comments that we've gotten there's some that you know just don't even require a response but you guys let us know what you think about this topic is on is on screen diversity in danger of becoming a gimmick and and if you and are there any movies where you think diversity in it actually movies or TV shows where diversity in it actually harmed the story in any way because I can't think of any so yeah, I was trying to think. I couldn't. So yeah, y'all, let us know. 
But um, yeah, I mean, covered a lot this show. That is, that's it for this show. If there's anything, uh, any comments, questions, topic suggestions about this show, past shows, any future shows, let us know in the comments below where anywhere this gets posted, or email us directly at podcast at livinglifefearless.co, or go to our website, livinglifefearless.co slash podcast, and fill out the form there, and we will try to get back to you, or include what your question or comment was in our next show. Yeah. I think we went pretty deep on a lot of things here and we would love to hear, you know, some of your opinions. So please, please let us know. Um, yeah. Feedback y'all get in the comments. Like we said, we just read some of y'all's comments. We actually really enjoy that part. So, you know, keep uh, engaging with articles and make sure you uh, go back and, you know, tell us about the movies that you loved that critics hated and all that. Mm-hmm. And we will be back again shortly. Um, with more Fearless Show and more Music Files next week. So be sure to check back. And if you liked anything you heard on this podcast, please be, please subscribe to us wherever this is on YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or Google Play Music, wherever this goes up. Um, leave us a like. Share this with your friends. It helps us out immensely. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And uh, do what, Doris? As always, keep living life fearless, y'all. Yeah. How about you guys later? Yep. How about you guys later? See you in a minute. Peace.